0: Okay, so welcome back. This is episode two of my tell a friend podcast. I hope you've all had a good week. I know it's been deadline season for a lot of us students and it's been a bit stressful. Trust me, I understand. I know. But you know, we're going to get through it and then it's going to be Christmas and then it's going to be fine. But before we get to Christmas, Let me get right on with the podcast. Okay, so I'm going to start with the Run the News segment. This week we have a story about Easter Island. A delegation from Easter Island, which is actually known as Rapa Noi, was sent to come and speak with the British Museum about the return of a statue known as Hoahakanea, And this statue in their culture is a living object which is known as a Moai, which communicates with them. So it's got a lot of symbolic significance to them. And the statue was carved by the island's indigenous people to embody the spirit of a prominent ancestor, which each considered to be a person's living incarnation. Two of these statues were gifted to Queen Victoria in 1869 by the captain of HMS Topes, Commodore Richard Powell. So the Queen then donated these two statues to the British Museum. And like I've said, these statues have a high symbolic and cultural significance to them. And in recent years, there's been an increase in calls for the repatriation of these statues, the Moai statues. Now, one of the islanders gave a quote which I really think was really prominent. He said, The British taking the moai from our island is like me going into your home and taking your grandfather to display in my living room. Now, the British Museum did not initially agree to give back these statues, but instead they invited the delegation to come in to discuss their request this month, and they did. And the British Museum is basically a warehouse of stolen goods. Among its stolen items are the Rosetta Stone, the Benin Bronzes, the Madala crown, the Parthenon marbles, those are just a few to name. I think we should look at what Emmanuel Macron's been doing to try and correct these colonial wrongs. So this month Emmanuel Macron commissioned a report which has called for hundreds of African stolen art that was taken during the colonial era to be returned. Now Emmanuel Macron announced that he wanted it to begin within five years. He's also spoken about changing current French laws on heritage to allow this art to be returned. Now I think the British Museum's reluctance to give back these items that so many of the former colonies want back that hold such strong cultural meaning to them, I think it shows how this country, and the West in general, still hasn't got over losing its empires. Now you only have to look at the Brexit debate and, you know, the calls for taking back control to see how this country has a need to be top dog again. The British Museum should honestly bow its head in shame. The West will never truly understand what it's like to have your culture and identity taken from you. Honestly, don't know if I'm ever going to visit the British Museum again after learning about all of this. I refuse to support such an imperialist institution who shows no sign of changing. But the last time I did go to the British Museum, I remember walking around, and this was just after I learnt about the Elgin marbles and about the Benin Bronzes. and instead of being in awe of the objects I was seeing, I couldn't help but feel a bit guilty that I'd even attended the museum. I mean, I'm seeing these items out of their context. I'm seeing these items that the people who created them, the groups in which they belong to, aren't even allowed access to it. And I I felt quite sick walking around looking at them. But like I said, I, I really don't know if I'll be able to visit the British Museum without feeling that guilt. I really should have put this in my Be Better segment. Okay, that's all I have for the Run the News segment. That's all that stuck out to me this week. So I'm going to move on to the Be Better segment now. Okay, so I'm guessing most of you saw the video of a British teen assaulting a boy who's believed to be a Syrian refugee. Now, the video was shot at a British school, and it shows this boy pulling the Syrian student to the ground and pouring water over him. And... The West Yorkshire Police, I think yesterday they did this, they charged the boy for assaulting the Syrian student. The British boy was assaulting the other student, and reportedly he has a Facebook page which is littered with far-right posts. Now, for all of you who can't see, well, none of you can see because this is a podcast, I'm rolling my eyes to the extreme right now. Okay, what shocked me the most about uh, the video was the students in the background who were overlooking this abuse and not intervening. And, you know, I'm guilty of this. In school, you see bullying going on or you see something not very nice going on, but you don't feel the need to intervene or you're just trying to save your own bag, you're just trying to survive. But I truly believe that complicity is one of the worst things. And I always remember a Martin Luther King quote where he said, and I quote, In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemy, the silence of our friends. And I think that rings so true in this case. I also think this is an example of how the rhetoric set by the media and set by politicians and extremists is making its way down to younger, more impressionable kids. Now we've already seen how this uncivil rhetoric is affecting the way that adults communicate with each other. I mean, we had a man sending bombs to CNN, to Democrats in America. We had people saying that Theresa May is a dead woman walking. So we see how it's affecting adults. And now we're seeing how it's being passed down to the younger generation. And I really think it's sick. And I think politicians, the media, us in general as a society need to take responsibility for this. We're the ones who are setting this tone, and I think it's a bit hypocritical for us to look at this abuse and go, oh, I can't believe that happened, this is so sickening, when in actual fact, in our day-to-day lives, we're espousing such notions where two people who believe different things can't get on. And the fact that this boy had a Facebook page full of all of this Britain First and Tommy Robinson stuff goes to show how dangerous it is when media institutions like the BBC give a platform, to such far right extremists. I mean, we had Oxford University hosting Steve Bannon for their uh, unions debate, and I really did not agree with that, and I, I, I don't think we should be platforming this, people. So, to the British boy who, well, I'm not even going to call him the British boy, to the bully boy in the video, be better. Okay. Number two for be better, yes, I've got two. Been a bit of a wild week, is Black China. Okay, so those of you who have been living under a rock, Black China is a reality star. Model, I guess we can say. Rapper, I, uh, yeah, that's a bit of a stretch. Okay, Black China, she's a reality star, let's settle with that. Okay, so she's come under high scrutiny after she signed on to endorse and promote a skin lightening cream called Whitenicious. I know, it's ironic, Black China, white cream, hmm. Anyway, she announced she would be going to Nigeria to promote this product. Now, one Twitter user wrote, Black China is taking advantage of the insecurities of colorism and self-hate. Now, for those of you who don't know about colorism, colorism is a problem within the black and other ethnic minority communities. This is where there is discrimination within the communities themselves to those who are darker. Now, if you're lighter, you're generally seen as more attractive. Colorism plays a huge role in the entertainment industry with lighter skin styles finding employment much easier, as they seem to be more marketable to white audiences as well as black audiences. Loads of stars have been dragged on Twitter this year for past and current comments uh, in reference to this racist notion. For example, Maya Jammer, the BBC Radio 1 DJ, and also rapper Stefflon Don both had to apologise for their past tweets where they were seen mocking darker-skinned people. I would even have to admit that when I was younger, I, I didn't necessarily like the fact that I was black and... And the fact that I was a dark-skinned black person, I didn't think it helped me socially, and I, I think this is a very real issue within the black community. It definitely also has roots to colonial and slave era beliefs that were instilled within, uh, that were instilled to black people. For example, usually the lighter-skinned black person would be allowed to work in the house, on plantations, uh, they would be given preferential treatment. and also we see in colonial uh, in the colonial era how lighter skinned black people and lighter skinned people of color were seen as being more superior to the darker skinned people. Now black China is wrong at all levels. By purposely promoting this in Africa, she has shown herself as not caring about the dangerous ideas and insecurities that she's passing on to insecure people. So black China, I give you the biggest, be better, be better honestly. Okay, now I'm going to move on to what went well. Okay, I've struggled with this section, I'm not going to lie, because I don't know much that has gone well this week. It's been a bit of a problematic week. Okay, one of the things that went well was Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, where she was very candid about her miscarriages and about using IVF. I think this book was very positive and it was very inspiring. Well, so I've heard I haven't read it yet. But it's definitely on my Christmas list and I'm looking forward to reading it. Another what went well is finally my housemates allowed me to play Christmas music in the house. For those of you who don't know, I love Christmas. I think it's the best time of the year. Now for me, I've been playing Christmas music since the 29th of July. I kid you not, I would play it all year round if I could. So I've been playing it to myself. Now at the beginning of November, I tried to put Christmas music on it some pre's, and I got shouted down. But finally, I've been allowed to play Christmas music, so we've got Mariah Carey playing, I've got Mary J. Blythe's Christmas album, Whitney Houston's Christmas album. Yes, I like all the R&B Christmas albums. So that, that was definitely a highlight of the week. Yeah, I think I, I think that's all I can think of for what, what went well. I mean, we had Kelechi Okafor, she did her last episode of her podcast, but that didn't, that's not a what went well, that was pretty sad. I don't know what I'm going to to do with my Mondays now. Cause I always rely on listening to a podcast, listening to her drag people. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. So, But honestly, I've loved that podcast. And listening to Kelechi's podcast, listening to The Receipt's podcast, listening to The Making Oprah Season, which is the best podcast, I would say. I, I love The Making Oprah podcast. It's a three-part podcast that looks into Oprah's career and the, the evolution of The Oprah Winfrey Show, and it's hosted by Jen White. Yeah, I've, I, I've listened to that literally a million and one times. I listen to it every morning walking, up to a lecture i listen to it going to get the shopping i I listen to it all the time but yeah listening to such podcasts have inspired me to make my own okay for tell a friend tell a friend about the importance of gratitude the importance of being thankful i think this rings true since it's a week after thanksgiving and tell people to just be grateful for the family and friends around you the opportunities around you for waking up for your persistence just be thankful in general for everything and know that this too shall pass whatever is going on in your life, whether it's bringing you down, it will pass. There's always a rainbow in the cloud. I know that sounds very preachy, but I truly I truly believe that my Angelou always used to say that, that there's always a rainbow in the clouds. Oh, and tell a friend not to promote bleaching creams. Okay, that's a wrap. As ever, if you enjoyed this, tell a friend. If you didn't, you clearly weren't listening, so go back and listen again. So until we meet again, Abby and Toe. Bye.